Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Remember Lot's wife, that whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Yet whosoever is willing to lose his life shall preserve it. Luke chapter 17, verse 32 and 33. This may be one of the most difficult passages in Scripture to truly comprehend when you look at it from an English perspective. But of course, we have to remember that the Bible was not originally written in English. Though most all translations do come from the English version, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written primarily in Greek. The word translated to life in this passage, in the original context in text, would have been the Greek word suke. The word suke is more than our modern concept of life. Suke is actually the soul. The mind, the will, and the emotion. Of course, without the soul, there is no life. So it does apply. But in our modern thinking, we look very much to the surface and not to the meaning. So this passage is not just about being willing to live or to die, though that does apply. It's about being willing to give up your desires, your will to crucify your emotions, to not be tied to this world. That's why he said, remember Lot's wife. Now we see this same concept in the Old Testament In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 14, when men were instructed not to consume blood because it says that within it is contained the life. Therefore, the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh for the life of all flesh is in the blood. Whosoever eateth it then shall be cut off. Again, the word that is translated to life in this passage, being from the Old Testament, would have originally been the Hebrew word nefesh. Again, the nefesh is the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotion. It's the part of us that says, I want, I think, I feel, it is your will. Now, a lot of the reason that we don't understand some of the most basic concepts of Scripture is because we have a very Western mindset. We don't think or comprehend in the way that the authors did. So to unpack what this really means, we have to understand that biblically we are three-part beings created in the likeness of God who is three parts of one whole. For us, we are a body, a spirit, And a soul. We tend to think of the spirit and the soul as the same thing, but it is not. The spirit is that part that came from God in creation, his very breath. That's why the scripture correlates spirit to wind or breath or voice or the word, that which is spoken, the ruach of God. Or of something else, if you partake of an unclean spirit, if you listen to the leading of something other than his word and wisdom. That's why spirit is also synonymous many times in scripture with character. However, the soul is our mind, our will, 
and our emotion. It is the thing that stands between spirit and flesh. The soul is influenced by spirit. What we hear, how it moves us. That's why the Bible talks about the spirit of fear making a person fearful. Fear is an emotion. Emotion is part of the soul. But the word in the mind that came from that spirit influenced the soul and then caused the body to react. That's why we have to take every thought captive unto the obedience of the teachings of Jesus Christ. We have to be led by his spirit and not every other voice. We have to put into subjection the soul and crucify it, the mind, the will, and the emotion, that the works of the flesh might manifest the fruits of the Spirit. You see, in the beginning, God breathed his breath, his very Spirit, into the flesh of man, and he became a living soul. So when spirit touches flesh, a soul is created. That's where the will is. Because we were created to make a choice. That is why that from the book of Genesis to Revelations, it's always been about a choice. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will you obey God's word? Will you eat of the tree of knowledge in the garden? Or will you partake of the tree of life all the way through to the end? Will you follow Jesus? Or the Antichrist. What's being tested. Was that thing that is. That was created. When breath touched flesh. And the soul of man. Was manifested. Now at the fall in the garden. Man chose to listen to the voice of another spirit. And from that point on. Became wicked. Until Jesus came to redeem us. From it to shed his blood, his nefesh, his soul paid the price for our rebellion. He poured out his blood that our soul might be saved from hell. Why? Because the soul is in the blood and it is the blood that sinned and it is blood that must pay the price for it. That is why it's always been blood that made the atonement. The body works together all these different components as a whole in the same manner that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work separately in these individual parts. The physical being of Christ, the Holy Ghost that was released at the resurrection, and God himself, which is a spirit, all working together as one. This is one of the mysteries of our creation that we were made in this image. We know that we are three-part beings, that each part is different, or else our spirit and our soul and our flesh would not war against each other. We know there are things that the spirit tells us that our emotions then don't agree with, and there is a battle over what action the body will take in response to it. But when we are submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we crucify our soul. We put it to death, just like Jesus did. For our example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said, not my will, but thy will be done, his flesh, his will, his emotions did not want to walk out the plan of salvation for our redemption. He knew it would be difficult. Yes, he wanted to save us, but no one wants to suffer. He had to put to death that day in the garden his own will and desires and wants and emotions. Say, not my will, but thy will be done, Lord. 
I trust you. My flesh will obey your spirit. You see, each person has a will. But when it boils down to it, the choice that we have to make is, are we going to obey God's will or our own? Which is actually always just influenced by the enemy, that old serpent in the tree like it was from the beginning. So really, it's not even our idea. It's his planted in our head through pride and rebellion. He makes it make sense, but it will always only lead to death. So you better trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Which brings us back to our opening passage, which said that if we are willing to lose our life or soul, then we'll actually gain it in eternity. But if we try to keep it, then we'll lose it. Because the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. If you are willing to lay down your will now and trust God, then he will allow you to keep your will in eternity. But if you don't, if you try to hold on to what you think is right, which is the very definition of pride and self-righteousness, then you will lose it for eternity. Because in hell, no one can do as they will. In this, can we finally understand the passage in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, that says, Do not fear men which can only kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the body and the soul. In hell. Without comprehending the reality that there is a difference between the spirit and the soul, this passage makes no sense. Because we know that the spirit is eternal and we will eternally be either with the Lord in glory or in torment, in damnation, in hell. There is an eternal destination. So, how can it say that our soul will be destroyed in hell? Because there's a difference. The spirit is forever. It is eternal. That is what Jesus talked about when he said that you would be in a place of torment where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. That is where the rich man was who was so thirsty and begged for a drop of water to cool his tongue. The spirit is never destroyed. It has an eternal destination and the decisions you make today will determine where it ends up. Forever. Eternal glory and peace and rest and purpose or eternal torment and hopelessness. But the scripture that we just read is absolutely correct. The soul will be destroyed in hell. You will have no will in hell. You can't do what you will. All of the desires will be there, but there will be no way to fulfill the desire or the lust of your will. All of the emotions will be there, but there will be no way to comfort or control the fear, the despair, the loneliness, the brokenness, the regret, the hatred. Hell is a quarantine. It is eternal separation from everything that is holy and righteous and godly which are expressed in the fruits of the Spirit being this love. There is no love in hell. Joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, temperance, self-control 
all of the fruits of the Spirit are absolutely absent in hell. Remember that there was a war in heaven once where Lucifer and a third of the angels rebelled. God will assure that that never happens again by testing our free will. So now that we have this understanding, a lot of the scriptures that we read will make so much more sense. Like the one in Psalms chapter 71 verse 23 when it says, My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. Jesus poured out his very blood, which is the very place where the soul resides, the Holy Ghost was shed for us, that he might pay the price of our redemption and save our soul from hell and eternal damnation. But first we have to be willing to lose our life, our nefesh, our will, our soul, now, and live his, that we might save ours in eternity. But if we try to hold on to our will, what we want, what we think, and what we feel is right, then we will lose our soul. Jesus paid a very high price to make a way of escape, to cleanse and to redeem, and to save that which was lost. Humble yourself now. Thank him for the cross. Receive salvation and lay down your life. Pick up your cross and follow after him. Let him lead, live, and breathe every day. Don't ignore or push him away and grieve the Holy Spirit. Quiet your mind. He is speaking. It's time you hear it. Because his sheep know his voice and another they will not follow. Lord, we choose today to lay down our will to crucify the lust and the desires of the flesh, to give up this life, our plans and our ambitions, to lay down our everyday leadings, the pointless pleasures and distractions, to say, here we are, Lord, use us to do the work of your kingdom, because we know that everything in this world is temporary, nothing but ash and dust. We want to live for eternity, that on the final day we might receive all that you promised and step into our true purpose. My friend, don't trade obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit for anything in this temporary world. Not for entertainment, pleasure, sin, prosperity, or the devil's promises. Because what is it worth if you gain the whole world in the temporary but end up losing your soul in eternity? Humble now and he will exalt in due time. But be prideful now and you will be humbled before the mighty hand of God. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.